0: Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com, BlueNile.com. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself, and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 337 of the Big Show. Some enforcer based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Sunday, Sunday, bloody Sunday. Oh, we got it today, folks. Um,. It it was funny, I wasn't, uh, well I'm recording this Saturday night at almost 10 o'clock, but uh, I wasn't actually going to record today, I was going to, you know, whatever. But, uh, wife's snoring upstairs on the couch, so I figured I'd come down here and I made the mistake, well, as always, as always, I make the mistake of scrolling and reading the fight groups, and now I'm irritated. Not even irritated, it's the same old shit, it's not irritation, because I mean, I've been reading this shit for how many years now, and I've bitched about it on well, probably 300, and at least 31 episodes of this, of this, uh, program. Um, yeah. I've kept, no one hates fighting more than fight fans. Yeah. You bitch when they fight, you bitch when they don't fight. Bitch when they hit, you bitch when they don't hit. It's on and on and on. And it's no different, you know. Um, guy fights a couple heavyweights. He's a bum. Oh, Yeah. Reeves throws his head. Around. He's dirty and a goon. Oh, okay. You know, it, it's just I, I love the the Reeves hate and all the. You know what? It, you know what? the The ironic thing of, of of all this is through my last bunch of years on social media and doing this show and bouncing around the different fight groups and everything else. I I've, I've often you know by the other fans or whatever. Hockey fans, I get a. I'm the boom, I'm a, well, a boomer, even though that's not my age group. But okay, whatever. But the Grandpa Simpson and I don't get it, and I'm stuck in the past, and everything else. Oh yeah, you know. And same with these fight. And then you get on these fight groups and all these guys. Oh yeah, no hockey sucks now, and I'm I'm fully on board. I don't watch anymore, and I don't blame you. Neither do I. On and on and on, yet these same guys, oddly enough, are bitch every day about the game. So, for guys that don't watch shit, you sure have a lot to say about it. But anyway, they don't watch shit, no, it's not as good as it used to be, and blah, blah, and they hate on it. And and I often get, and I've, I feel the same way, I don't watch shit anymore, and whatever. I mean, I'll watch the fights, and they come up now and again, and, you know, and... I have people that send me shit. They you got to check this out. and Whatever. A couple beauty tilts the last couple of days. We'll get to those in a second without a doubt. Um, you know, but I like to, you know, if I'm doing the show, I don't watch the games. I could like how Connor Bedard's playing. It's a few, I mean, whatever. We'll talk about him in a sec too. I mean, ho- hopefully somebody after the game, you know, without, you know, so they can put out some milk and cookies for him. Cause you know, we got to, we got to protect him. Um, You know, welcome to the NHL. Oh, yeah. Um, but you know, so I mean, I stay obviously being on social media and stuff, I don't have much of an option, you know, to not be sort of somewhat plugged in on, you know, what the latest complaint is anyway. You know, and, and and like I said, when I'm on Twitter or something, I fully expect you know, whatever, Habs fan 86 to cry about Reeves or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I don't expect to, well, see, I know different, but work with me on the bit here. When I log into a hockey hits and brawls page, that all of a sudden a bunch of fight fans are going to be crying about Ryan Reeves. That's what I love about it. They they whine about Reeves. They whine about this. They whine about that. It's, It's amazing. Yet over here, I'm the one that gets accused of being out of touch and whatever else. Here I am sticking up for these new guys, of all things. We'll get into it here, folks. We're going to talk about, uh, what are we going to talk about today? Well, got a few things. Um, a couple of really good fights. I'm, I, for those, uh, I'm sure probably a lot of you that are listening have are on social media and have seen the fights. If you haven't, I'm going to turn you on to them and check out. Um. Oh, where here they are? Yes, we have hockey cards, the nineteen ninety one score hockey cards, not the nineteen ninety with the Lindros. We're not chasing Lindros. We're gonna, yeah. I got so the old Dollarama nineteen ninety one score. We'll see what we get there. As I would say, we're gonna open hockey cards on an audio podcast. Always, in a, always a fun endeavor. Um. Yeah, like I said, we're going to talk about those fights. Oh, we're going to talk about the Reeves hate. I believe I've, I've talked about the Reeves hate before, but we'll bring it up again. Um, because it, it's we've reached stupidity levels now. So we'll talk about that in a second. Um, and then somebody sent me the list. I mean, you know, Reeves on the Leafs now, um, blah, blah, blah. So obviously he's on a bigger stage in terms of... Um, like, popular team, you know, you're Minnesota, whatever, but once you're in Toronto, you know, fucking center of the universe, um, you know, a bigger stage. So I'm sure Reeves will be talked about a lot more, and there's so many, like, the Leafs are such a polarizing team, either the most, they're probably the most popular and the most hated all at the same time, right? So, uh, like I said, I-, I just love these fight fans It just can't, can't, la- can't let go of the fandom, you know, so... Yeah, we'll talk about that. But speaking of the Leafs, somebody sent me the leaf, uh, a list. The seven worst Toronto Maple Leafs of all time. So, all right. I have not looked at the list. They just sent me the link. So I will, as I always do with the lists, I will, um, I'm going to discover it with you guys. So that way the reactions are Genuine. So, but before we get into all that, of course, I have to, as I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over a hundred shows in the network, so uh, all the NHL teams have multiple shows about them. So check whatever your favorite team is; there'll be a couple shows I'm sure you could tune into. I'm on the original content side, along with Terry Ryan um, and Jolt and Joel Lazito at the Coliseum Chronicles. And uh, Alec at the 5 for Fighting Podcast. Jordan at 5 in a game. Yeah, we're all over. They put us over in the corner. You know, don't mingle with us very often. But uh, Jolton Joe has just released his... Uh, uh, when he came from... Uh, when he switched platforms and joined the networks, a bunch of his early shows did not make the... They didn't come over for whatever reason under the Spotify. So or we're onto the, onto the, plat, onto the hockey podcast platform so joe has been uh kind of doing air quotes the lost episode so he's been uploading those and one of those is his series of interviews with mick fakoda so he uploaded today he uploaded uh, it was it's part three of the Fakota interview and i've said this uh a bunch of times but that mick Fakota interview that joe did back in the day i always say is probably in terms of an enforcer documentary type interview um is the best one that's been ever done and I don't, I'm not just saying that for effect. It really is. And uh, it, it, um, it, obviously it helps when your guest is a great storyteller and can recall things and is keen to talk about them, which Mick was. And he's great. And uh, even if you are work for a body slam, you know, whatever, uh, shut up, tune in and watch, listen to it. You'll dig it. He tells great stories. And uh, yeah, I think you'll have a different view of Mick Fakoda after you've been, done done. Watching that or listening, I guess listening to that episode And then of course I got Alec who has recorded a new episode. He hasn't released it yet Um, so i'm not gonna throw it out there You know, whatever in case something happened I don't know. Maybe I haven't asked him about it, but I know he hasn't put it out I know he recorded with the guy but he hasn't put it out. So I won't mention anything. I'll let him Uh unveil that but uh, his last one that he had out was with luke gazdick that one is Again, very good interview uh, Gazdick has his own podcast and stuff. So he's in the game. He knows, he knows what the whole shtick is all about. And he loves talking about fights. Really kind of gets in depth with it too, which is cool to hear. And, uh, student, a student of the game, as they say. And, uh, yeah, I'm down. Luke Gazdick's cool as shit, man. So definitely check out that interview as well as Alex back catalog. Great back catalog. So I would recommend that. And finally, if you're on the YouTubes, fourth line voice and YouTube, I have over 2,000 fights on my channel, all the leagues. From all the different leagues, type in whatever league you're looking for, boom, boom, up, that will come. Alec has a channel, the 5 for Fighting YouTube channel, as well as my boy Jay out in Iowa. D. Skunk is the name of his channel, D like the letters, skunk like the animal. D. Skunk, and he's got Southern Pro stuff, he's got old AHL stuff from the Quad City area, like uh, Jonathan the Hammer Trombley, Prost, McIntyre, all those guys back in the old AHL days. So definitely check out his channel, and again, subscribe to the channels, you're watching a video on a YouTube channel, hit the little thumbs up button. I always say, I know it's corny, but it helps out with the algorithms. YouTube loves that shit. It helps us out as creators. Also, if you're listening to this show, my show, Joe's show, TR show, whoever, download it. Don't stream, please. That's how we get paid. That's how we can follow in the analytics. And once again, if you could I always say this, if you're holding it in your phone, right? It's right in your hand. You got to hit play. Right above it's the star rating. Could you rate... And just rate the show. Again, that helps out the, not just my show, Joe. Like I said, Rogan doesn't need your star rating. He's he'll he's fine. But a smaller podcast, if you enjoy it and you listen to it every week and you like it, give it a five star rating. And because uh, again, that it, it's the little things that you you the listeners can do that help us out, help the creators out, whether it be on YouTube and stuff like that. I was saying the other day, I'm a big YouTube guy, I watch a lot of stuff on YouTube, um, and I never kind of thought about it before, until I heard a guy talk about it, with the thumbs up thing, and the algorithms, and all that stuff, I've, I have like a, obviously I have my own channel, obviously, <clears throat> so I subscribe to all the different channels, but uh, I just, I'd watch the video and whatever, but I never bothered with the thumbs up stuff, I've been really doing that lately, and uh, I hope you guys do as well, like I said, it's a, and I, I do rate and review podcasts and stuff, so... That helps out the creators. That's a little thing that you can do as listeners. So, thank you. Uh, all right. Well, let's get it. What should I do? Should I? Well, here, I'll, I'll uh, let's open these hockey cards 1st Or, uh, you know, um, before I start yelling and ranting and raving at people. Well, I might open this pack and start ranting and raving at people. Who do we get? So, it's the 1991 score. Rob Brown with the Hartford Whalers. Rob Brown, there you go. Um, Man, 49 goals the year he played with Lemieux All-time Western Hockey League Single-season scoring leader I believe 212 points I believe he had Sergei Fedorov Old Serge Sergi, Hell of a career Fedorov Craig Janney Janney was a great player with the Bruins But holy fuck He was softer than a fucking Tootsie Roll Sunday Mike Medano and again, great player, soft as shit, but outstanding player. Joe Mullen, again. I, I believe he at one time was the all-time American goal-scoring leader. Jan Erickson, the shadow. Thomas Sandstrom. I think he's probably still got the tattoo of Dave Brown's coho on the side of his face. Ron Francis. Isn't he like third or fourth all-time in scoring? He's like the most unheralded... What a talent, unbelievable talent, seldom gets talked about actually, criminally underrated in my opinion, who we got the rookie, top prospect Dougie Waite, I think that he turned out pretty good, Ken Sutton, top prospect Kenny Sutton, there you go, little jam for you, Donald Audet, prospect, the Buffalo Sabres, not a bad little career Kimby Daniels, there you go. Yeah. He um playing for the Swift Current Broncos. He tied the Western Hockey League record seven goals in a game. Yeah. Oh, who's texting me? Pretty popular. Tenth. Yeah, I love he uh, he finished tenth in the WHL scoring race with 118 points. Yeah, there you go. Different different times back in the nineties with the scoring. Yeah, 54 goals, 69 games. Tied a record with seven goals. Yeah, played a little bit with the Flyers and stuff. Uh, ended up playing for the Anchorage. He lived up in Anchorage. I think he still does live in Anchorage. But he played for the Aces for a while. Um, had a very great minor league career. Uh, you know, could never didn't pan out in the NHL. But, yeah, seven goals in a game, man. Well, Glenn Healy, he's a dork. Craig Woolanen, there you go. Randy Moeller. Well, there we go. That was sort of an uneventful pack. Didn't need any toughness. Got a couple of Hall of Famers, though. There we go. I, I'm going to sit there. I'm going to pretend I'm going to keep talking to the microphone. But I'm going to actually uh, look at my phone here and see who's uh, who's texting me. Oh, Kevin. My friend Kevin. Yeah. Um, um, all right. Well, let's get to this uh, Reeves nonsense. I find it, well, I brought it up in the last episode, well, because the last episode when I recorded, the game had happened that night, old Wi-Fi there in Reeve's spot. I laugh, it's like the shittiest bunch of nothing ever and I, oh, the last three days, and then for two days after that, holy shit, you thought it was fucking Domi Probert, the way everybody was talking about it. I mean, oh, I guess Reevo lost the belt. I, I said, how does someone win a fight without throwing a punch? I'm just curious on that one, and 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 again, I I was talking about this online, and people thought it was like, I guess that I didn't like this fucking uh, Wi-Fi kit or something. Okay, okay, here we go. Straighten out here. Um. I'll say that, and I, and I, again, I know I've, I've talked about this on i I'm pretty sure, it, who knows, after 300 fucking whatever episodes, I'm, I forget what the fuck I've talked about, but I'm pretty sure I've talked about the Reefs thing. Um, I get, this is where, like, the whole fandom thing, I don't fucking get it. Um, I just look at it from a pure, if you're a, if you like physical, old time, fighting hockey, enforcer, whatever, um, <laughs> How do you not like Ryan Reeves? I'll start there. And um, it, it just it, it baffles me. Due, due to the fact, like back in the day I said I could understand it because every team had like two and three guys. I mean, you could pick and choose shit, you know. Now there's literally a handful of them. So I mean, as a fight fan, I think we should pretty much celebrate all of them, should we not? That's how I look at it. Apparently, that makes me either a fucking idiot or I don't know, special somehow because uh, uh, clearly you can't do both. Like I, I looked at the fight there with Art, with Jackye and Reeves, and I don't fucking care who wins the fight I don't care I'm just happy that they fought I mean it was a shit fight but you know what I'm saying I just I don't care or like Reese fought Felino I don't care who I don't care who wins these fights as long as they're fighting and there's hitting still it, it at least it's some glimmer I'm not even gonna say hope because there is no hope fighting's done but it's like at least for a little while it's hanging around put it that way and you fucking guys that love to yell that you think this is gonna continue and all these fights are gonna continue. You are high as shit. Most of these games, there's fucking, there, I don't even think there's a goddamn body check in any of them. So, I don't know where you're getting this idea that there's gonna be all this fighting. Like, you're high as shit, but whatever. If you wanna, if you wanna cling to something, I guess, if that's the hope you're trying to cling to, then alright. You know, anyway. But back to Reeves. So, and like I said, I laughed in the intro. I laughed that I always get accused of I'm old and out of touch and living in the past and everything else. And maybe I am. But I'm also, it seems to be half the time, I'm the only one that, of all the people, I'm the only one that seems to be sticking up for these fucking guys now. Like, and it's funny, like I said, you can't you can't have the logical, like it's either Reeves or Jack. I, oh, God forbid, you can't like both of them. No, you gotta pick one. Like, Oh, but you have to pick a winner. Well, there was no winner. That fight sucked. Oh, no. Jack, I even handled him. And he's a big winner. He's got the belt now. I said, how do you win a fight without throwing a punch? Oh, you're just a a Reeves guy. It must be a Leafs fan. No. That's just common fucking sense. How do you... And then it's like, well, if they wanted a rematch, I don't know. Reeves will probably be a little leery. Okay. (laughs) Again... Somebody film me, and 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 this isn't a slight to fucking Arbor eye. I don't fucking care. Like, I, it's not that I have anything against this kid. I'm glad he's throwing his weight. Big motherfucker. He's out there throwing his weight around, getting involved. He had eight fights last year. I mean, he came. It's not his fault, but the OHL is just a giant fucking pussy machine. So, I mean, he has all of what six fights coming into the NHL in his life. Okay, whatever. But he's out there trying. He recognizes Montreal doesn't have anybody. So shit. If I'm going to stick, because I think he was working a goddamn part time at Costco, and legitimately. And uh, so this beats the Costco paycheck. I've worked at. I worked at Costco at one time too. Believe me, I'd rather. I'd rather play for the Habs too. But it's like, uh yeah. But so he's out there fighting. What the fuck? But I mean, I went back and watched his. Because I'm like, okay, let's. Because I'm gonna again. I'm not going to just sit here and fucking yell out the window about shit I don't know anything about. So I went back and I'm like, okay, I'm going to check out this kid's fucking fights from last year. I mean, I knew he was around last year. I I remember, because his name, that, first of all, the name Wi-Fi is fu- and the meaning behind it is fucking hilarious. But I'm like, okay, who is this guy? I went back and watched some of his stuff. All right. Because, again, I take it if I'm going to come on here and... Start yapping and making opinions and everything else. We'll know what the fuck you're talking about. You know, I wish others would do that. But anyway, so I went back and I watched his fights. Alright, like, I, he's fine. Again, it's not like he stormed through the league or anything. I mean, his fight... I mean, when he when he fought fucking Delorier and Lowry and, like, guys that I actually kind of knew what they were doing... It, he didn't win. I mean, he didn't get pummeled and anything. But it's like, okay, he's there. He's a big kid. He's learning the role. We're learning the role. I don't know. Like he took like somebody. Oh, well, he took it to Cassian, and he did the well. You know, yeah. But I mean, is that the you know that's the fucking bar that we're going with? Is Zach Cassian like that's that proves you're a tough guy? Like, okay, I guess you know, and Tyler Janot or Tanner Janot or whatever. Eh, yeah okay i mean whatever and like i said you can say whatever you want about ryan reeves i get people don't like him and stuff whatever but you go back on his track record i mean he came up he fought McGratton, paluso gail kelsey all these guys like you go through like through the minors in the american league and then in the nhl You know, he I mean, he has a track record of fighting legitimate heavyweight guys. He's an older, like, well, fuck, he's, what, 36 years old. He was around, he's been around. So, in this scenario of somebody, like, wanting to duck somebody or anything, well, one, it's not in Reeves's like, who has the track record here, a proven track record of, like, being a heavyweight winning fighter out of these two? Yeah, obviously it's Reeves. Again, you can hate him all you want, and he'd get killed in the 90s. Like, well, he wouldn't, but okay. You know, you can cling to that myth all you want to, but yeah, right. Yeah, he, oh yeah, he's he's no fucking Tory Robertson. Like, I love that one. Like I always say, people love to throw that. Oh, if Reeves played in the 80s and 90s, he'd be, he'd he'd get ended. Oh, okay. Did you, like, did you, I, I love how you look back it's just this revisionist history with these old fuckers. That, like, every guy in the 80s and 90s was just some elite-level killer fighter. Now, again, I'm not talking... Oh, I'm. Oh, Reeves would be right up there with Probert, Dave Brown, and Twist. I'm not saying that. But at the same time, you had guys like Ed Kostelik, Neil Sheehy, Cronin... Fuck whoever. Like, I, you could go on and on about guys... That played four, five, six hundred games. The NA, Torrey Roberts, and like I said, Brian Curran. All these guys that played hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of NHL games and fought everybody. Nobody ended them. But somehow, Ryan Reeves couldn't hang. Okay. Again, we're really clinging to shit. Like, Nick Kiprios can do it. I'm pretty sure Reeves can. So, again, am I would I put Reeves in some elite category of all-time fighters? No. But, let's... I mean, you can, if you want to hate him and whatever, okay. But dude's like, what, 6'2", 225, jacked up, strong. You know, he, he'll he throw punches in bunches with bad intentions. His balance is a little whatever. But it's like, yeah, don't let's not act like he... And plus, he's got to fight guys wearing goddamn visors, which nobody else in the 80s and 90s had to. So, I mean, well, that makes a huge difference, too. And he's not wearing one and doesn't hide behind one. Um, so... You know, you probably get cut a break for that a little bit. Again, I am not trying to turn this into the Ryan Reeves fan club and stuff. It's like, like I don't mind Reeves; he's fine. I like, I like, I said again. And as I go on here, and I am not knocking Jack guy; it's not like I have anything against him either. I like the kid. Good. I, I hope he, I hope he plays in the league for a long time and continue, I noticed he was slapping Perry around tonight, which was funny. Hey, as long as he's out there, big kid playing the role and shit, I am down with him. Like I said, I and again, that's this goes back to the the Reeves thing. I'm, how like, if you're if you're not a well, he's cocky and stuff. so what? Like, why again? Why are we? So was Domi. So was Worrell. So was Brashear. Like, okay, so what? Like, why are you acting like this is new shit? Like, again, that's the point: is to bring some swagger, be a bully, mouthy. Fuck me. Like I don't like how how why am I why do I need to defend this? This is what I get getting at. Like I I understand the fucking nerds on Twitter that are like these new age hockey fans. Oh I can he's the Reeves is their boogeyman. I get it. But I'm talking to you old dudes that have been around, you've seen these guys back in the day and shit. How the fuck do you not like Ryan Reeves? Explain that to me. I I have no idea. How do you not like this guy? He fucking acts like a fucking bully asshole. Like, that's the... Isn't... I've always said, isn't that the point? I I don't... I, well, actually, I had to say that exact thing to Randy Holt, of all people. Randy Holt... Somebody put up a picture, or was it a video of Schultz beating up Boris Salming, and Randy Holt, I laughed, had to chime in that, oh, good job, Schultz. He had to pick on a non-fighter. You know, should I... Holt, should I put up the video of you beating on, was it Thomas Gradeen? You know, the uh yeah, come on now. He who lives in a glass house. Hey, and Randy Holt's a tough guy and everything else. I'm not knocking Randy Holt and he had a great career and everything else, but... Dial it down, dude. Fuck, really? I don't know. Anyway, that's for another show. But, uh, no, this Ryan Reeves, um... I, I, oh, but oh yeah everyone was just so quick to rush that oh he that jack eye just manhandled him and kicked his ass and everything else and so i was replying just like well how do you win a fight without throwing a punch and everything else and and of all people michael i know you're listening you kind of got him and i got in fact michael called me a dickhead can you believe that i can't actually i, I didn't really argue with him about that um I believe our there was a misunderstanding in the in the written word, um, but he and I went back and forth on it and stuff. I mean, um, and again, it wasn't that I was trying to, like I said. Well, how do you win a fight without throwing a punch? Oh, yeah, but you're a Leaf guy or you're a Reeves guy. You don't like Jack. Why? Well, who said that? I know who said I didn't like Jack. I'm simply asking a question. How do you win a fight without throwing a punch? Reeves didn't win it I don't remember writing Reeves did I said that whole thing was a bunch of nothing It really was And then of course I laugh because Reeves goes He kind of jumped me and whatever Well he kind of did But he didn't throw punches until he was turned around But Reeves hit the guy from behind Although the Montreal guy completely Once again turned into the board But Reeves was at the end of his shift Hit the guy, whatever He had thrown his weight around a couple times in that shift Kind of hit the Montreal guy from behind Jack, I came in like he should and grabbed already had the gloves off and Reeves was coming up from his knees, but he wasn't throwing shots, whatever. And, but I get why Reeves is like, oh, why did you jump? You could have just asked to fight and whatever. It's a fucking work. He's, he's fucking getting, he's getting it going, right? He's starting shit, talking shit. Like he knows he has to play these guys a million more times this year. Holy fuck. Like figure it out. You guys. But anyway, so, and then, of course, of all people, of course, George LaRox has got to chime in because, you know, George hasn't, you know, hasn't had the spotlight on him for seven minutes. So he's got to bring it up again. But like, oh, you're so mad. Why didn't you fight him again? Well, by that time, because Jack, I got the tan and everything else. It's a one goal game. The second, you know, I'm sure Reeves probably was told not to fight. Again, it, I, I laugh that people act like Reeves is the guy that's not going to go fight again. Like, well, Jack Eye's a D man; he can't, you know, you he can't shorten. He's already been out seventeen minutes. He got the seventeen-minute package. He already puts you down a defenseman. Now he's back, so I'm sure he was told don't fight again because you know we don't don't shorten us up again at five D. Like, fuck George, figure it out, like you know. But you just Larocque knows. Again, he's playing the role on Twitter too. They'll play again, and they'll go again. But I just laugh at all these people chiming in. Alright, well fast forward, hockey oh, Night in Canada tonight. Again, Reeves throws the big hit against Minnesota. Felino comes in and they have a fight. Not a bad fight. You know, again, both threw, both took, I mean, whatever. Here are the comments again. Reeves is kinda of losing his grip on the heavyweight, you know, as being a heavyweight. He is? according to who, like why, what's wrong with Felino? Felino can fight, it was a good fight, back and forth, Reeves, is, of course, Reeves got a punch, a friggin visor again, but it's like, yeah, again, what, <laughs> why are we hating on anybody here, it was a hit that came in, had a good fight, were you not entertained, like, what? why, why, I don't understand, but it's just like, right away, everyone's got a rush, to give Reeves this, imaginary loss, like, see, so I told you. No, he's don't good. I told you. All right. Like, one who gives a fuck. Oh, I guess as I'm sitting here defend, it's like I'm defending him. Apparently they'll be like, well, apparently you give a fuck. Well, no, I don't give a fuck. You can say he lost all you want. The first one with Jack Eye, it's like, again, I don't know how you want to fight without throwing a punch, but if you want to, if you want to give Jack Eye the imaginary belt, then give it to him with I don't care. And then, reason- but there's like least people like, oh yeah, that's Reeves' last two games. The first two games of the year. All he's done is run around and hit people. Yeah. And so, I noticed you're 2-0. Like, that's what he was brought in to do. What did you think he was going to do? He's going to be on the second power play unit? He's out there for his penalty killing. You have no one that does this. You haven't had anyone that's done this for how long? You get this guy. He's running around hitting people. He's got two fights and two games. Oh, that's all he does. (laughs) I guess. Yeah. And I, so he's the winger on the fourth line. It's, it, oh, it's just baffling to me. The other 11 guys can try to score then. I mean, it's whatever. You haven't had this. You've been pushed around and bullied and made to look like pussies for how many years now? You go and get arguably whatever you want to argue, but one of the toughest guys in the league thats that will lead the league in hitting or be in the top five. He'll throw the weight around. He's aggressive. He's mean. Tries to get the guys into it. And here we are, two games into the season, and you're crying about it. Unfucking believable. I the one guy go, "Oh, I got no that hit today with the Minnesota guy, real blindside cheap shot. How the fuck do you blind some blindside someone when you hit him right in the chest, right in the logo with your shoulder? He's coming right at you. Oh, well, he was looking at the net while he was sh- well, okay. Well, who's you you can you came into the zone cutting across the middle. It, And you get hit, and you're like, oh, it's a blindside. What the fuck are you talking about? And he didn't hit him in the head. Shoulder to the logo. Good shot. Foligno comes in. It's a good hard shot. The guy felt it. Again, I always thought that was the point of throwing body contact. But, and again, and the guy talking looks like he's about the same age as me, give or take. But again, but you're probably the guy that cries about how soft the game is and everything else. So Reeves throws a hit. What He's a cheap shot artist. Oh, okay. That's all he does is run around. Yeah. This, like, again, this isn't a hockey fight and brawls group. Supposed big fight fans are crying that someone is running around. This is where we are. This is where we are, folks. Yeah. Big fight fans. Yeah. But anyway, if you're a big fight fan, the fight that I would... Tell you to go check out is my boy Alex Gallant of the Gallant clan. I love it. Alex Gallant versus Jeff VL and, um, man, in the, down in the American League. If the, I tell, hey, VL, I don't, I'm not sure who this VL kid is, but he stood there, gave as good as he got. Tremendous. Great showing, kid. I love it. Alex Gallant. If the goddamn Flames don't give this guy a few games this year, like, just bring him up for a thank you. Guy's been in the American League banging for how many years now? Give him a goddamn couple games. Get, let his, It's the Flames. I mean, I'm sure you'll be sucking hind Tit anyway. Or is there some, hey, let, hey, when you play Toronto, bring him up. He'll, fuck, you want to see him fight Reeves? He'll, yeah, he'll give Reeves a go, let me tell you. That's I said, the toughest guys in hockey have been in the American Hockey League the last few years. It's the goddamn Collant family. Brett got his couple games with the Islanders. Let's see Alex get his games with the Flames. Hopefully, Calgary, do the right thing. Call him up. But tremendous fight. Alex Gallant, Jeff Vial, check it out. That's how you fight. There's no goddamn jersey jabbing and leaning away. and No, it full-on, just toe-to-toe, smacking each other. Old school, I loved it. Then, down in the East Coast League, preseason's going on. Oh, well, we got crying down there, folks, even in the preseason. But, uh, uh was it Jack Van Bockel? Um... Uh, They played. He had the unfortunate. uh, He had to play Savannah, the Savannah Ghost Pirates, on uh, back-to-back nights with uh, Anthony Collins and Darian Skiho, and he took on each of them in the games. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I would certainly. I wouldn't give him the W in either one of the fights, but he took them both on, and uh, both the Collins and Skiho looked great, and East Coast League came out swinging. Oh, and then the one game, of course, that uh, Nico Blatchman, he gets into it with some, some the whistle goes, it's kind of a little scrubbing, Blatchman's skating by, oh, this guy's going to give the son a little elbow. Like, oh, who, me? And he's looking around, like, what do you mean? And, you know, just a little shot when Blatchman's going by, well, you know, he ain't going to put up with that shit, especially in a preseason game. He comes back, hey, motherfucker, he drops his gloves, whack, whack, whack. Of course, the other guy, oh, doesn't drop his, and he's just trying to get away. I was just standing here. Oh, yeah, watch the video. Gives him the subtle, you know, shot the chops as he's skating by. Not hard, but enough to, like, what are you doing? You know, and it's, hey, it's the preseason. Do you think you're going to come in here and start trying to, because what if? see, Blatchman has to go back at him. If you're going to play the role and run around hit guys and mouth off or try to start shit, some fucking clown fucking elbows you, in, you know, after the whistle when you're skating by. Yeah, you're going to, you got to go back and have a little talk with him. Well, Nico went back and had a little talk with him. Oh, everybody's crying. I gave him the power play blah, 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 blah. Oh, first of all, it's the preseason. He's doing exactly what Kalamazoo brought him in to do. And if that had happened in a regular season game, he'd probably be benched because I think he took another bad penalty in the game too. But it's the preseason. This is how you got to send it because it's probably, uh, forgive me, I don't know who they were playing, but I'm sure it's probably a divisional team because you're not going to do that much traveling in the preseason. Um, so he's got to play these guys a bunch of times. Do you not think he's trying to get the psychological edge on them too? Like, obviously. Let him know he's there and it's like, yeah, if you do this shit, I'm, this is what I'm gonna do to you. So of course he has to do that, again. And there's some other jack-off of course in the comment section. Oh, what league is this? They don't even have name bars. Oh, you don't even know the league, but here you are fucking flapping your fucking your lips in the comment section. Well, it's an NHL affiliate league, so yeah, I mean, why are you talking like it's the goddamn Sunday night pickup game at the beer league? You know, like shut up, fuck. First of all, it's the it's the minors and it's the preseason. That's why there's no name bars on half these jerseys. It's the minors. They say it's a budget thing, you dummy. So yeah, don't worry, they'll all have name bars come the regular season. Like, oh God. But no sweet burn, bro, yeah. You know, I'm sure none of these guys ever played up to the level that you played. You know, I'm sure you really tore up the, you know, the, the fucking 2014 fucking bantam house league. You know, ugh, these people. Anyway, enough of my ranting and raving, whatever. How about we get into this, uh, list? We gotta do, we'll do some sponsors first. Hey, with the NFL coming up, you should j- jump in on this DraftKings five dollars, uh, you know THPN if you're going to sign up I'm trying to give you guys I'm trying to help the gamblers out there with a discount but uh yes here's our sponsor and now here's a word from our sponsor football is back in full swing with another week of epic games and who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use the code THPN to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.sot1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 888- 789-7777 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resorts in Kansas City 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction Void in Ontario see sportsbook.draftkings.com football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gambling resources bonus bets expire 7 days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply and now back to your regularly scheduled program there we go, folks. It's it's the power of editing. How's that one? All right. Well, what's this list here? Once again, I want to thank uh, Taylor. No, or t- er, t- Taylor. Sorry, I'm thinking of the Bob Robert Invitational. Tyler for sending it to me. Hey, um, Darren, I think you checked this list out with the least beat with the Ryan Reeves thing and the least being in the in the news late as they always are. One of the most hated teams and the most popular. Yeah, this is where I got the most popular and hated thing. Yeah. Um, found this list in a form that I go to. I thought you might get a kick out of it. All right. All right. Well, here we go. So what... Hold on. Where is it here? Click on it. Top seven worst Toronto Maple Leafs players ever. Before 1967, the Toronto Maple Leafs were one of the best teams in the NHL, but there were five other clubs in the league back then. Once expansion hit, the team has has sort of been lost in the wilderness. All right. So, uh, like I said, I have not uh, looked at this list. Um, I am discovering it with you guys. So, <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into it here. Number seven, Al Secord. Well, there you go. Just before the 87-88 season faced off, the least traded star winger Rick Vibe and Steve Thomas, the Blackhawks, along with defenseman Bob McGill for center Ed Olchek and left winger Al Secord. Yeah, that ain't a good trade. Uh, Olchek played well for the blue and white, but Secord, who has previously enjoyed seasons of 54, 44, and 40 goal seasons, was a bust. He scored just 15 goals and 27 assists in 74 games. It was a minus 21. He added one goal in six playoff contests. Uh, Secord spent most of the time trying to prove how tough he was with 221 penalty minutes. Secord lasted just half a season, uh, the, the next year with five goals, 10 assists, minus 13, another 71 minutes. He was tra- he was traded just 17 months after arriving with the Leafs, getting just a fifth round pick from 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 Philadelphia. Um, yeah, I mean it was the end of the line for Secord at that point. I um, believe he had some injuries, but uh, one of the premier power forwards at the time. I mean, you know, I mean, you look at 54, 44, 40 goal seasons. He had like 300 minutes the one year too, and like 200 and fought guy. I was never a fan of. Um, he oh, he's a great player. There's no doubt about it. One of the great power forwards when he was healthy and rolling with Boston and Chicago. I mean, you know, I'm not denying that without a doubt. I, I never saw Secord the fighter. I never thought he, he again would fight guy if fight everybody. This isn't an indictment on Al Secord. I just never, like there are some people that thought Al was a real big heavyweight killer fighter. I never personally saw that. Um, again, he would fight, fight the tough guys and all that. I'm not, Again, I'm not knocking Al Secord. I mean, b- believe me, I wish every team had about a dozen Al Secords on them. Um, but yeah, when he got to Toronto and then obviously in Philly, uh, he hung him up and went on and to have a successful uh, career as an airline pilot. So uh, yeah, there we go. Al Secord. Actually, I completely forgot he played for Toronto. Uh, number six, Chris McAllister. All right. Uh, definitely Chris McAllister joined the lease from, from, oh, get back here. Uh joined the Leafs from Vancouver in a trade for forward Darby Hendrickson. Uh, September of the next year, he was traded to Philadelphia for Regan Kelly. While in Toronto, he appeared in 56 games, contributed just five assists to go along with 107 minutes. He also had one assist in six playoff games four minutes. Five years later, he was sent to the minors by the Rangers and stayed there for six seasons before retiring with four goals, 17 assists 21 points, 634 minutes and 300 NHL games. Um, yeah, he was still a young kid there with Vancouver then getting traded over to Toronto. Um, you know, he's still finding his way. He kind of really came into his own though in Philly. I thought he, uh, you know, he, he did really well in Philadelphia. Um, I've actually had Chris McAllister on my, uh, podcast. Uh, if you want to go back and check that out. Quiet guy. Um, actually way back when I play, I actually played football against Chris McAllister of all things. Imagine you look over at that six foot seven dude playing the old line. A little something, but, um... Uh, uh, actually I was on specialty teams. I friggin' ear-holed him pretty good. I got the hell out of there. Fuck, I knew how tough he was. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, him and, well, imagine him and, him and Wade Belak were D partners in, with the Blades, of all things. Um, but nice guy, really nice guy. Uh, lives in town, works in the mines here. Good dude. Uh, you know, done well after hockey. Uh, good job. Uh, you know, I know family, you know, wife, kids, the whole deal. Um, but yeah, um, uh, he was always sort of, I, from knowing him and I know I worked with his dad, uh, for a while. I know he was always sort of a reluctant, tough guy. He he wasn't a mean guy, but he, he understood if he wanted to play at the next level, he had to fight and stuff. So, um, it, it was, it was interesting because I saw him in junior B and I, you know, in junior A and then the WHL and I saw him kind of almost grow into it and accept it and, uh, once he learned how to use his size and stuff, I thought he did really well in Philadelphia. Had some really great fights. Uh Along the way in the minors, uh, a couple good... Uh, I'm trying to think who he had a great fight in Syracuse with. Oh, he had a couple, but this one stands out. Damn it. It's, I think it's on my YouTube channel. Again, I didn't have time to research this, right? This is all off the top of my head, so forgive me. But uh I know he had a great fight with Scott Parker. I know that when he was in Vancouver. Um... Again, I this is funny. I, I completely obviously with this. I researched him, and everything else. But it's one of those things. I, I always forget he played with Toronto because he was there. He was there so briefly. Um, uh, yeah, and it's always weird. I I don't know if I asked him this in the interview or not. Um, I know he fought Keith Primo in Philly in can in practice, and Primo broke McAllister's nose. And I don't know why, but he never seemed to get it back after that. I might be imagining it, but it seemed like the timeline-wise, it was just like, I don't know what happened. And I don't know if he got, I don't want to call it, I don't want to say he got gun-shy, because that's not fair, but... Um, uh, it just sort of, it just seemed like he went downhill and then with the Rangers and then that was it. And he was in the American League for a while. I think he went to the UK. And then, uh, he really stopped fighting once he got in the minors and stuff. And at that point, I'm sure he's probably, you know, he knew his NHL time was done. And, you know, if you were going to get a fight out of him back, back then, it was like, you really had to do something, um, you know, towards the end. But yeah, anyway, I probably yapped way too long about this, but, you know, but nice guy. I like Chris and, uh, you know, I, but I complete. I, yeah, once again, I forgot he actually paid for the Leafs. Um, all right. Number five, Brian Curran. Oh, there you go. At six, five. It was acquired by the Leafs in March of 88 from the Islanders. Sixth round draft pick. Curran was brought in for one reason only. And it wasn't to play hockey. He played 132, 130 games in the big smoke and scored three goals, 14 assists. However, he did manage to serve 512 minutes. 301 of of them coming in the 89-90 season. He appeared in in 11 playoff games with one assist and an additional 60 minutes. Kern was sent to Buffalo along with winger Lou Francis Getty for winger Mike Felino and an eighth round pick. He spent the last five years of his career in the minors and retired with 40 points in 381 NHL games, 1,400 penalty minutes. He managed a lone assist in 24 playoff games. Um, yeah, the Colonel, um, big guy, willing guy, um, I was never a Brian Curran fan, um, but fearless has a great fight card without a doubt, never back down all of that in saying all that. I I don't think he was a very good fighter. He was a wrestler. Um, But great again, great fight card and um, you know, can't, can't fault him for that. But uh Yeah, I think if if memory serves me correctly, he was a fairly high draft pick too. And uh, yeah, played in Portland. I think he won the Moral Cup with Portland back in the day. and um, Yeah, I was never a fan of the Colonels. But um, yeah, hey, you know, I'm going to get 381 career games. So there you go. All right, number four. Colt Noir. Well, they're really just hammering on the tough guys here. All right, for Colt Noir, the fan favorite with some. Truly, for his willingness to drop the gloves rather than his hockey skills or suited up for 232 regular contests with Toronto, helped the team out by scoring eight goals and five assists, 637 minutes. He served 18 more penalty minutes in seven playoff games, going pointless. He joined the club in 09 from the Rangers and last until the 2014-15 campaign. He retired from the NHL with 1186 penalty minutes in 477 games, along with 24 points. He went pointless in 19 postseason games uh, in his career. Um... I love Colt Nor, uh, one of the hardest punchers. Watching him and Fraser McLaren as the tag champs there that one year uh, made the least very enjoyable. Um, he had power, man. It was kill or be killed when Orr fought. Um, again, I watched him play here in Swift Current and in Regina and Camloops and you know bouncing around the Western League. I got a bunch of his fights on DVD. If you want to see some Colt Nor stuff, go to my YouTube channel. I got a bunch of his WHL stuff, a bunch of his American League stuff. His fight with Josh Gratton in the American League, his fight with Bombi, with gilly I just put his fight with Gillies up last night, actually, from the one of their fights from the American League. I mean, Orr was pure entertainment. He was If you're a fight fan, you have to like Colton Orr. If you don't, there's something wrong with you. I love Colton Orr. Um, I mean, again, I guess they didn't really quote what, worst. I mean, I guess they're just going by points, and, you know, let's just make fun of the goons, I guess, in this, and, eh, you know, whatever. Um but i, I love colt morris he's he's one of my favorites he's great so you know whoever this writer is fuck you uh, number 4 david clarkson uh for david clarkson was awarded a huge multi-million multi-year contract at least based on 130 goal season and he had seven campaigns with the devils to make matters worse it included a no trade clause clarkson paid Paid the team back by scoring fifteen goals, eleven assists, and 114 games, along with 185 minutes, most of them which were the dumb variety. Okay. He also posted a minus twenty-five rating in those games. Elise finally unloaded his contract and he agreed to the trade with Columbus and injured and injured and likely retired Nathan Horton. Ironically, uh Clarkson played just three games in Columbus before suffering a season ending injury. I like David Clarkson. He was definitely an up and coming power forward. Um here, hold on here. Just so I don't look too silly. So I'm gonna open up hockey DB here and uh yeah for all oh, Brian Kern was a second but second round but twenty second overall by the Bruins. Um yeah. He had a big year at the Islanders, yeah, three fifty six of the Islanders, sixty eight games. Um I didn't realize he played in the minors that long. Huh. Ah uh, yeah. Uh what was I oh yeah, Clarkson here, hold, or I keep wanting to say Clarkson. Clarkson. I'm sitting in the dark. I'm trying to. Alright. Um Yeah, I mean, you go and look at New Jersey. So he put, you know, um he nine goals, seventeen goals, 11, 11 goals in forty six games, eighty-two games, he had twelve goals, then eighty games, thirty goals. Um, yeah, he you know, he was uh then the yeah, 2012, 2013, 48 games, 15 goals, you know. Um He was, the problem, and he was from Toronto, local guy, probably, you know, he signed the big contract, but again, everything with hindsight, everyone's a genius with hindsight. Oh, I, I told you. Uh, well, yeah, afterwards. At the time, it was a good signing because, again, the Leafs were soft as shit. But if you can get a guy coming off 30-goal season would fight probably 10 times a year, um, you know, he was an up and coming kind of power forward guy, so yeah, of course, you want those guys, those guys are worth their weight in gold. So, I didn't blame Toronto. was a great signing by Toronto. Problem was, is right out of the gate, he got that 10 game suspension for leave, which was a horse shit thing, whatever, for leaving the bench or whatever they, whatever. And then I think he got hurt, and then it just, he just never got going. And it was like, and he's a Toronto, so you know, he's got the big contract, got a ton of pressure on him playing in Toronto. And, and it wasn't like he's Mr. Huge Goal Scorer to begin with. You know, so as soon as all of a sudden he didn't score his 30 with the Leafs, everyone's yelling bust. But um, I, you know, and again, you play that style, you're going to get hurt, whatever. I felt sorry for him because I liked him. When he was in New Jersey, he was cool. Again, I wasn't rushing out buying jerseys or anything, but I mean, go look at Clark's, and go watch his fights. Decent fighter. Like again, not a heavyweight guy, but wasn't going to take shit. Um, but yeah, he's just a guy, when healthy and on his game, You, every team would want this guy. But, you know, you go to Toronto and, you know, if you don't score a million goals right away and knock everyone out, you're a piece of shit. So, yeah, and he just had the big... He He was lucky in the fact that he became a free agent and had his... he. Hey, he had a big year at his free agent year. And he had a good agent and... I don't blame the, and that's the thing. I don't blame lease management at the time for making the deal. He's the guy that you needed and he had the numbers and he was improving each year. It's like, yeah, you know, but like I said, people love to yell and point, but no, Clarkson was all right, but just didn't work out. Like, yeah, obviously it didn't work out. I'm not saying he was all right in Toronto and these guys are lying. No, it didn't work out for him in Toronto and he got hurt and just never could get it going. And that was, it sucked. Cause he's, He's a hockey player. If you're, he's just a grit guy. That it's too bad. <coughs> Pardon me. All right, we're at number. What are we at here? Number two. Uh, Fraser McLaren. All right, left winger Fraser McLaren. He had another leaf who lacked basic hockey skills. Who the fuck is this writer? Who is this person? Oh, the sportster. Oh, I, I, yeah. I know they. They didn't attach their name to it though. Yeah, yeah. You sure fucking flap your lips though. Um, just you know, okay. Uh, lack basic hockey skill, yeah, yeah. He played, uh, he played, uh, Jesus, Darren. he played 62 times between 2012 and 2014, three goals, pair of assists, and just five points. Most of the time, the team was spent in the penalty box where he served 179 minutes. That's kind of funny, 179 minutes, but yeah. He appeared in one single playoff game as hell pointless. 27-year-old McLaren spent his last year in the American League with the Marlies. Had 11 points, 100, 102 career NHL games, 260 minutes. Yeah, he had to retire. He had bad knees, unfortunately. But Fraser McLaren, when he threw down, was a bad dude, man. Again, um, actually, another guy came up in the Western League uh, with Portland. Um, if you want to, uh, go, again, go to my fourth-line voice on YouTube, I have a bunch of his... Uh, Western Hockey League fights. In fact, I have his very first junior fight on there. Uh, But the Western League fight where he fights Lucic and he drops Lucic, catches him, didn't knock him out. But he caught him. Lucic admits he goes, "That was the you know that was the first time I ever got put on my back was by Fraser McLaren." That fight's on my channel. Check it out. But came up with San Jose. Um, where's Hockey DB? Here we'll open this up because I'm fairly certain was he not a fairly high pick? I might be up my ass, but. Oh okay, I am up my ass. He was in the seventh round. What am I talking about? But um yeah, forty eight his uh you know uh final season in the in the Western hockey league, he had nineteen goals, you know. So and then and had nineteen the season before, so this whole he locked hockey skill. Well, oh, okay. You know, settle down. Um but yeah. I love that one. Lacked ho- lacked basic hockey skill. Yeah, back to back nineteen goal seasons in major junior. But yeah, no, he's a fucking idiot. Like ugh. he knew his role. Only had twelve goals the year before. So yeah, who is this person? Shut up. Yeah, six five two. Yeah, McLaren was a huge dude. Um, yeah, bad knees and everything else. But uh, so he unfortunately was out of hockey at a, at a you know twenty seven years old. But I, I I'm down with Fraser McLaren. Go watch some of his stuff when he first was coming up with. Uh, with the Sharks farm team. Um, had some great fights. Had some great fights with the Leafs. Like I said, him and Orr were a great tag team. Um, yeah, I'm down with Fraser McLaren. I know he's back in Winnipeg where he's from. And, uh, oh, I need old Carson. Shieldsy there. I need uh, he knows McLaren. I need to get, uh, I should get Carson to hook me up. I'd love to get McLaren on the show and talk to him. But he's actually, uh, from all accounts, like has Fraser McLaren done a podcast? I mean, not that I'm, like, that up-to-date with all. I don't follow what everyone's doing out there. But I haven't seen, like, he's not, he hasn't done, I I don't think he's done chick Maybe he has. I don't think so, though. I don't remember Fraser McLaren doing any podcasts. I know he's not really on social media and stuff. So, um, yeah. If anybody knows Fraser McLaren, tell him to come on the 4th Line Voice. I'd love to have him on. But, uh, well, there we go. This is a pretty harsh list here. What have we got as number one here? Hold on, I'm going to take my drink here. All right. Who is the number one? What was the name of the title? The worst Toronto Maple Leaf players ever. Number one is. Oh, come on. John Kordak. Oh, fuck this guy. Uh, Maple Leafs general manager Gordstall made one of the worst trades in NHL history back in 1988 when he sent speedy winger Russ Cortnall to the arch-rivals of Montreal for 6-1 enforcer John Cordick. The Leafs also received a 6th round draft choice in the deal. Cordick was played parts of 3 seasons in Toronto and found, and found the back of the net 10 times in 104 games to go along with 6 assists. He also racked up 446 penalty minutes and had a lone assist in 5 playoff games. He was traded January 1991 with Paul Fenton for a fifth round pick. Kordick finished his NHL career with 35 points in 244 games, along with 997 penalty minutes. He added seven points in 41 playoff contests with 131 minutes. Um, Yeah. I mean, this is obviously when, you know, the shit really hit the fan in Toronto with Kordick. I mean, he missed games and all that and practices and, you know, yeah. I mean, but in terms of actual, I think when he actually played, I don't know. I mean, that's, I guess I'll be the homer biased. I guess I suppose I I love John Cordic. Uh, tragic, what a tragic story. Um, you know, he just couldn't. Um, you know, and and that was upset. And I think that's where I think sports in general. I think well, in society, obviously, but I think the strides have been made. Um, like, like with I, I believe you know with alcohol dependency and drugs and stuff like that, it's recognized. Like back in the NHL back then, if you like. It was like, they had like their drug policy. It's like you had to hide it. Cause if you got caught, it's like, oh, you're suspended blah, blah, blah. Like there was none of this, you know, it, it was a real archaic way of looking at things. So it basically made guys be secretive about it and hush, hush and everything else. And it's, and it's too bad because, you know, and again, I'm not blaming the, whatever. I mean, again, hindsight and stuff, but it's, but you had like, cause I, I could just, I, I could picture in my head the TSN segment with, with him and Brian, with Cordic and Ford, Brian Fogarty when they were in Quebec. Another guy, right? He was a, and, uh, you know, he was a drinker. And it's like, and it was a real shame that I, it was like the drug program and alcohol program was, was the way it was structured at the time. Yeah. It, it was not there to benefit the guys. It was there to punish people. And it was like, so you hit it. And of course, it's just compounded things and whatever. Again, I'm not, you know, you're, an, you know, you're grown adult and whatever, but it's like, it's like that rock in a hard place, right? It's like, you want to get help, but at the same time, if you say it, you might lose your career, and it's not like your 50 goal scorer, like when you're a tough guy, it's like, back then, I mean, you're on the bubble constantly, and it's like, well, we'll just get rid of you and find another guy, right? Like, it wasn't like you had lots of job security, so it's like, yeah, it just sucked the way it went down, and like I said, quarter, you know, with all these issues, and it's, and it's too bad, and yeah, he was his own worst enemy and stuff, and... And, you know, with the drugs and everything else. And I know, you know, he fucking hated Lehman. And, I mean, I, somebody, I think it was, uh, well, I'm not going to put a name to it. I can't remember now. It was just like two or three days ago I saw on one of the Facebook groups. It was uh, a, an old Leaf player. Somebody had something with Cordic And he was like, yeah, oh, he's the worst teammate I ever had. You know, and he played with him in Toronto. And it was, um, you know, it was Doug Shedden. That's who it was. Um, he said it. And it's like, yeah, well, it was the height of his drugs and everything else so it's like yeah you know and it was uh you know you watch those interviews with Cordic and you know I mean at the time when you would watch him it was like oh this guy's crazy right you kind of laugh and holy shit knowing what you know now like I said you go back and watch him it's just they're sad right and but he was outspoken didn't care but at the same time he was whatever you know and and it was just a battle all the time and and it's and it was really too bad and uh I, I love John Cordick. He was great. And I, and he, it was a shame that he couldn't control that. And um, I mean, he came up with Montreal and won a cup with him. He was a real good tag team partner with Nyland and, you know, but he just couldn't, you know, the it, the demons and, uh, yeah, it's too bad. Um, but I, is John Cordick the worst Toronto Maple Leaf of all time? Well, that's a little stiff. I don't think so, but, uh, you know, because there's been plenty of draft picks and stuff that were high picks that didn't pan out and everything else. I could think of a bunch of guys I would put in front of John Kordick, but I guess it was because of the fact you traded Russ Courtnell and yeah, all right, but um, yeah, but uh, I don't I don't think I would be putting Kordick at number one at all. Actually, in fact, I wouldn't even have him on this list, but whatever. Like I said, this whoever this writer was, it's you, you know, had no hockey skills and all, you know. I don't, like who... Like, okay, I'll do this article for the... Like, I get people send me the list and it's for the show and whatever. And we can have a fucking laugh about it or whatever. And, you know, the, I always say the worse the lists are, the funnier they are and whatever. But... I w- And I'm not... Tyler, I'm not saying anything to you. I, I appreciate you sending me the list and everything else. But I'm just... This article in general... It's articles like this that kind of piss me off. Um, I guess the problem is... Now I go and highlight them on my show. So ah, maybe it makes me a hypocrite. But it's just like... The the fact that they write this shit and... and uh, To me, how someone could sit there and write, you're the worst player in this franchise's history. Or this guy has no hockey skills and stuff like that. It's just like... I mean, I guess when you look at the all-time roster, well, okay, in your opinion, someone's got to be the worst. I mean, okay, I I get it. Whatever. It's opinion and fine. We're all talking. Everybody wants a top 10. I guess we have to have a bottom 10. Okay, fine. But the idea of, like, he didn't have hockey skill and he had no clue and, you know, it's like, what the fuck? Like... I don't know, people that write this shit are, eh, whatever. Like I said, for some reason, this list fucking irritated me. But, anyway. There we have it, folks. There is your your worst Toronto Maple Leafs of all time. Well, this is a real positive episode. I ranted, and the only positive part was the hockey cards, I guess. But ranting and raving, and I don't know, I just, as fight fans, I think we need to do better, and I think we need to, and again, I think the majority of these fans that listen to this show are like that, but... I always say with these fight groups, the appreciation group, the hits and brawls page, it's to celebrate these guys. And so when I log in, again, like somebody said, John tonight told me, well, Darren, you're going to have, you have content for the rest of your podcasting life. And that's true, I do. And that, and part of me, that kind of bugs me because it's like, it's, it's a shame because... As fight fans, we should celebrate these guys, especially in these times when it's so lean. Like I said, back in the 90s or the early 2000s when we were on the old fried chicken message board. oh, you could have, I never, yeah, hate is not the right word, but didn't like this guy, but I like that guy and whatever. You could pick and choose. Like I said at the start of the show here, there are so few guys now that, shit, there's so few guys that actually even hit and play somewhat mean. You know, I think when guys do, they should be embraced, especially by the fight community. Like, we should be embracing eye uh, and Reeves, and I don't give a fuck who they play for, or who you're a fan of, or anything else. It's like, shut up. Same thing with this East Coast League guy. Just like, bomb, shut up. Like, just embrace these guys. The leagues, the, the, the other 95% of the league you can call pussy and soft, go yell at them. They're the goofs that are playing like it's Disney on ice. No, let's all focus on the actual t- Oh, yeah, I him, He's cocky. Oh, oh, okay. Like, should they shake hands before? Like, this is how we are, you know, but but then, like I said, these guys claim to be huge fight fans, but then all they do is bitch about hitting and fighting and who's fighting, how they're fighting, and oh, he's cocky after, and oh, he was talking to him in the box, and he should just shut up, and like, what? Oh, ah. You know, meanwhile, the other guys in the whole team are throwing no hitters. Like, there's nothing happening. But yeah, let's shit on the guys that actually kind of are trying to keep the shit alive. Like, oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. I don't understand it. Like I said, I don't understand some of these fight, these fight fans. Well, you're not fight fans. You're not. You're just fucking fanboys and, and you, you don't like, it has nothing to do with, you don't like fighting. You have no clue why it happens or, or the point of it or anything. I read your posts. I'm not going to, but it's the same jack-offs and everything that... Unless all of a sudden it's their team, whatever. But you have no clue about the enforcer, why there's an enforcer, how to perform said role. Nothing. And when you have guys now that do it, you cry about that too. Because they don't do some precious code or some... Fucking there's no sportsmanship or he didn't... Like I said, he would tap his bum after the fight and give bro hugs. You know, it's embarrassing. Fight fans are fucking embarrassing. You know, and it's just, I don't get it. I'll never get it. And we should be celebrating these guys, not shitting on these guys. I don't, whatever. You know, and I'm not talking about, oh, I think this guy won and that guy won. Oh, you're stupid. But I don't know. It's not that. And again, when I was, like I said, when I was questioning people about Jack, it wasn't because I was coming from a place of, I don't like Arbor Jack guy. He's fine. I don't, you know. No, I was just simply asking a question. Like, how do you win a fight without throwing a punch? It had nothing to do... I wasn't knocking the kid, but he didn't throw a punch. You know, it was a nothing... It was a shit fight. So, what, that's all I was saying. Again, it wasn't an indictment on him or on Reeves. It was just a shitty fight. Let's see what happens the next time they play. I'm looking forward to it. I'll definitely... I'm not going to watch the game because I don't give a shit, but I'm really... I'm, I'll be definitely looking forward to seeing the clips. So, you know, and again, we should be celebrating these people, not shitting on them. So... Whatever. I mean, and that's what I've, I've always said from day one. This is the point of this show, of this podcast. It was to celebrate the tough guy, hence the fourth line voice, the guys that don't get talked about. That's what this show is about to celebrate the Arbor Jack guys and the Reeves and the Van Brockle and Anthony Collins and Skiho and all of those, and Nico Blatchman and all those guys. I will stick up to these guys until the day I turn this microphone off. Yeah, that's, that was the point of this show. That's the point of my, YouTube, my, some guy the other day on Facebook goes, well, then you should shut your page down because there's no more goons. Yeah, I know. I, there hasn't been in like 20 years. So thanks there, Tips. I I know there's no goons. Like, clearly you don't listen. Clearly you don't listen to the podcast, which is fine. But I, I know. I know. And that's why I'm trying to preserve the history of those guys that they get forgotten about by new age nerds and everything else. So oh somebody called Reeves a goon and I told him if you think Ryan Reeves is a goon you've never actually seen a real goon before which this guy replies to me there are no goons anymore so you may as well shut your page off or it's like yeah yeah, I know thanks you know but the guy's followed me for a while I don't know what I I don't know what he was saying I think something's lost in translation but alright as what happens with the written word but anyway uh, it's an hour and ten minutes it's now 11 o'clock at night and I'm kind of done talking for the day so Thank you very much for tuning in. As I always say, I know there's, there are, there are, there's, and it there seems to be a new podcast every day popping up for hockey. And, uh, so, but the fact that, uh, you guys l- decide to listen to this show and, and give me a chance, I really appreciate it. I, I really do. And, uh, if, I'd love to hear from you if you're on social media, fourth line voice, Twitter, send me a D, my DMs are open as the kids say. Uh, if you're not on social media, hockeyfights at com. all one word. Send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Oh, I got to, oh I got some feedback from the last episode. I know that, and um, yeah, that was interesting, and uh, yeah, keep it coming. I love hearing from you guys. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, all right, guys, here we go. Let's go watch the. Well, I'm recording Saturday, but uh, hopefully my Sunday NFL bets pan out and everything else. And uh, let's go attack the work week. And uh, yeah. Talk to you cats on Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?